If we couldn't say fuck, we couldn't talk about Mario Party. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stay a While and Listen. Uh, tonight, it's just going to be me and Candace as we talk about uh, a interesting conversation that spawned out of talking about the difference between digital and paper games. But we'll start with saying hello. Hello. Uh, so, uh, how are you tonight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little, little madness going on in the world this week. Just um, maybe. But specifically, we're talking about an idea that came about because we were listening to some other people talk about power creep and Magic the Gathering and rules errata in D&D 5th. And, and the fact that no matter what you're going to do, there's always going to be new cards and there's always going to be new shit and everybody wants to try out the new shiny and the new shiny always seems like it's better. So... We're going to blame Power Creep uh, episodes on, of other podcasts and YouTubers <laughs> for inspiring us, but we will not admit to it. Um, no, never admit to it. So <laughs> the, the, the concept is, you know, that new expansion set, that new splat book, that new... The new card. The that, new shiny. The new DSL. Do, they, do most games even do... Like a lot of DSLs anymore. DLCs. DLC. Yeah, that's there. We go. Yeah. yeah See, con confusing it, me there. I'm on four hours of sleep. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, DLCs are here to stay. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, but I was just wondering if they're as popular as they were when they were first introduced. Because they're getting they're yeah. getting this weird side hand at this point. Because. It, it was first, you know, always, you buy the game, you have the whole game, you, you wait until you have a new game, then it was DLCs, then it was loot boxes, and they said, no, loot boxes are bad, and we're back to DLCs. Uh, season passes started getting a really bad rep around the Arkham Knight game. Oh. Because Arkham City was a good, solid game. Okay. But the DLC was out of the park. Okay. So... When Arkham Knight was entering pre-sale, and then they started pre-selling season uh, passes for the DLC, mm -hmm. and the game was a hot dumpster fire when it first came out. I remember this. And it got a little better. And then the DLC was also a hot dumpster fire. So a lot of people got really pissed off at promising, at, at being sold a promise that they might not fulfill. So, yeah. for at least a few years, there's been an argument about, don't buy the season pass. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. But You have the crazy man in the uh, dumpster out in the alley pointing fingers at you going, You remember the days when I do? Don't do it. At the same point in time, there are some games worth buying the season pass for. And some season passes that are definitely better bang for your buck. Like, I have not met anyone in the flesh that has it had bought the season pass for Smash Ultimate who's been disappointed by it. At the same point in time, I haven't bought it. <laughs> so how can you be mad at Smash? 
Uh, wave dancing. Wave dancing. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, know some of those trophies. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, a big difference is, you know, moving in from one edition to the next edition. Yeah. Um, a prime example of this has got to be the Pathfinder, Pathfinder 2, D&D 3.5, D&D 4, D&D 5, yep. Edition Wars. Um, and just the consistent power creep and then just backing off that magic does seasonally. Like, I'm not going to say yearly. It's some type of seasonal rotation that isn't even every other year. It's never made sense to me. But no, but but you've seen it happen where it's like, oh my god, this is this is so good, and then you're like, why why did you make this? It's so. What do they call it? What do they call it when it's the standard sixty card magic where you're stuck playing the blocks that are there? Usually, in, I think that's just called standard. In the day, sir. in in the day, we kind of referred to it by the name of the block that it was. So onslaught Common block, cat, you know, yeah, onslaught block, legion block. We played that yeah. block, and that was. And you had to cycle out your cards, and you couldn't use your old box or shoebox full of old-ass cards. Well, you know what? I've always been the traditional player who wants to use all my shoebox of old-ass cards. And that's why they invented Vintage. Yeah, that's why I invented Vintage, and that's why I enjoyed Vintage. And then it was like, I'm keeping my cards, but I'm out of the hobby. And then you guys introduced me to Commander. Yes, we did. It's did a drug. Us? It's a drug. There's a reason why magic is called cardboard crack, sir. I am well aware. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More so than any of the others. It it's like you get drawn in with Yu-Gi-Oh, which is cardboard weed. The the only game that ever came close magic is cardboard crack. (laughs) <laughs> there there have been a few games that had a shining month or two, but the only oh, Transformers games, did so well when they first came out with the game. The, the old Dragon Ball Z, the one that had the little uh, sword counter that came with the boxes. That that the old one, the first Dragon Ball Z game from like uh, two thousand two or so. That game had a had a shining tur- tour in the sun. But if you ask me. The only games that ever came close to Magic's crown of card game overall yeah. has got to be Yu-Gi-Oh, of course. That's the second place. There's it there's re- no denying it. It really is. It has lived, it has outlived so many other card games that started when it did and before it did and died before their time. There aren't there's no denying that Yu-Gi-Oh is the second place in the top in the tier of collectible card games. What comes after Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh? I argue Pokemon, I argue the old Vampire uh, Masquerade Bloodlines game. It had a heyday in the 90s. We're, you're too young for it, I'm almost too young for it. Okay? I'm almost too young for it. But it had its heyday. L5R, The Legend of Five Rings. I have heard a lot of people that enjoy that game, but anymore, everywhere you go, you find it on the 50% off rack. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's a dead game now. They they quit they quit the C uh, the TCG uh, trading card game yeah and turned it into a box game like Sentinels of the Multiverse oh that would happen to yeah they they ch- it Alderac Entertainment folded it got bought out by another company I can't remember what the company is and they're basically shuttering their doors oh that's unfortunate 
So hopefully, I know a lot of people who enjoyed that game. I was always into the role playing game L five R. Yeah, I know yeah. the the role playing heavy lifter at the table into the role playing game over the card game. Hmm, who would have guessed? But uh, I followed it because the stories from the role playing game, the the meta of the role playing game, was determined by who won the tournaments on the card game. Oh, neat. Yeah, it was. Is fascinating. It was a really interesting. It's a really neat medium. way to basically just meld everything. Uh, actually, funny enough, you know, I know we don't talk much about tabletop wargaming, but one mostly because that's an expensive hobby. <laughs> no, no shit, sure. <laughs> Keep digging, Watson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, because I we, don't. We have. Four War Machine slash Hordes armies. I know Matt has gone through at least two different armies. Um, not to mention that Patrick has two? Yeah, he has two 40k armies. I have the beginnings of a 40k army. No, really, it's yeah, no, no, it's no, an no. expensive hobby, you think? Uh, just to be absolutely honest, looking at the balls in the air juggling, I've got the RPGs, I've got the tabletop, I've got the Magic the Gathering. I can't afford to do miniatures. <laughs> I understand that, but, you know, you, you prioritize whichever game is kind of in the meta at the point. At the yeah. time, and That's right, definitely right now, wargaming is not in the meta in our community, so we've switched more to cardboard. But no, uh, as I was getting back to that point, War Machine Hordes has their yearly um, uh, convention mm-hmm. out there, and you know you can come to it as dude. Who just plays the game. Patrick and I, if we wanted to, we could take up our painted armies, play in, like, these giant, like, six, eight-person large... Just Those large-field engagements. Yes, yeah. where you have, like, 15, 16 different guys on... Yeah, Warcasters on the field, everything is blowing everything up. It's an epic battle. But depending on like who wins those, like as in the Warcasters, because they have lore around the casters themselves, mm-hmm. actually determines their lore. Because they give you these campaigns that you're actually playing, and they're like, okay, we're Snifty. we're here, and it's gonna be, you know, uh. Uh, we're gonna have Legion versus Kador, and it's Butcher versus um, uh, yeah, uh, my favorite one what was her Abby, you know, and we're we're going to see between these two Winter forces who's going to win, and on the sidelines you have all these other armies going clash, and at the end of it, like whoever comes out on top, it's like oh, and there's it. Influences the fluff of the game. I'm not gonna lie. I miss. I miss living in a bigger city. Uh, I, I lived for. I lived in Houston for about a year. Um, in the city proper, not one of the suburbs. In my face. <laughs> but uh, I used to drive out to the woodlands to my favorite little comic book shop, game shop, all in one. Shout out to Fat Ogre. <laughs> yeah, I hope they hear this. Fat Ogre 
was the shit. Well, okay. if if they they were the shit and they were that awesome, they probably still are the shit. I, I have a story about them. But <laughs> in Houston, okay, they had six gaming tables about the size of this dinner table. Yeah. With a, then a, an add-on rack underneath for you to store your stuff. And for anyone wondering, this, this is, is a standard, standard six-person din- dinner table. Yeah. Okay. And then they had a, a a little rack adding about a foot on each side for people to store their dice and their character sheets and their miniatures or whatever. Yep. So you didn't lose table space with all your shit. Yeah. And every now and then, I think it was once a month or so, mm-hmm. you'd go in and all the role players were not playing at the wargaming tables because they'd taken over half of the folding tables where the card gamers played. Yep. <laughs> because the wargamers had taken all the wargaming tables and put them together. And you had about 15, 20 people playing, but it would happen once a month. Yes. That's fucking awesome. And those games take all day. They, you show up when the uh, door is opening. You see someone go to the online and go, and you have war gamers standing at the door like, that, that face plastered on the glass staring in like, Get your nose off the damn thing, you're smudging it. You know? And we come in with luggage size boxes of miniatures and terrain and books and dice. And we make a fucking day of it. So, real quick, blowing some smoke up somebody who's not supporting us in any way, shape, or form. I can't even buy from this store right now if I wanted to. No, that's not true. I'm certain they have an online presence. Fat Ogre. We moved into Houston, and you know Houston, big fucking city, right? Takes you two hours to get someplace sometimes. (laughs) All right? There was a comic book store about 15, 20 minutes drive from the house. There was a game store downtown, good hours drive. There was another game store about 45, 50 minutes drive, too. Then to get to the Woodlands took me about two hours to get to the Woodlands to Fat Ogre. Fat Ogre was my comic book shop, my game store, everything. Uh, I would go in once once a week, once every other week. You know, had to take two hours to get there, two hours to come home, plus however long you hang out at your comic book shop. So, yeah, that's not a... I'm just going to stop there after work and you know, yeah, no. chat with the guys. No. Uh, so, I'd go once a week for... Almost the entire year that I was in Houston. Mm-hmm. Then, tail between my legs, came back home to wonderful Podunk Abilene. Yeah. Went to work for the prison. And about two and a half years later, got my sergeant's promotion. And I went to Huntsville for two weeks for training. And in the middle of the training, we passed your first test. And then you got the weekend off. Now explain where Huntsville is in relation to I'm about Houston. to. You'll, you'll, you'll get this. All right, because I'm going to say, it's like, for those not living in Texas enough. So I have no one I have no one in town in Huntsville that I'm hanging out with, and none of the class and I have really gelled, and the two roommates in the dorm that I'm sleeping in for this two weeks live close enough that they went home for the weekend. They drove off for an hour or three hours to go home for the weekend. So I've got the room to myself, but I've got no Wi-Fi, kind of got shitty 3G, 
connecting internet. You, you have a college dorm room is what you have. Yes. But I have it to myself. <laughs> so I jump in the car and I drive the two hours it takes to get from Huntsville to the Woodlands, to Houston. <laughs> now, the distance... Enough, Seems to be two hours between everything in Texas. <laughs> the distance here, well, between Abilene and Houston is closer to nine. I thought it was closer to eight, but that's the way that uh, that's the way that like some of our friends drive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's supposed to be legally. It's supposed to take you about nine hours. <laughs> but uh, Houston was only a two-hour drive, and we're on the side that I would be driving into the woodlands. Fuck it. I'm going to I'm going to the Sherlock pub for a celebratory burger and I'll stop off at Fat Ogre. And I walk into Fat Ogre. Oh man, I haven't seen you in forever. Uh what you looking for? I this is what you want. Here's some of the fate games, here's some of the Savage Worlds games, and these comics have been really good while you were away. He remembered me. Two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, big old shout-out to the only comic book store, gaming store, that I've ever bought their t-shirts. <laughs> Fat Ogre Games is awesome. If you're in the Houston area, if you ever go to Houston, if you're ever in the Woodlands, check them out. Okay, and I need to ask, because I have thought this to myself before, is it P-H Fat? No, it's F-A-T Fat Ogre. Okay, okay. I don't blame you. It's a, it, that would be a funny joke, because then you could do a, a, yeah. a an ogre with a big old pear-bottom butt hanging out of a thong. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a, this is a neckbeard-shaped uh, ogre with a club. <laughs> <laughs> Had to ask, because, you know, that word has a meaning beyond, you know, thick-bottom oh, girls. Absolutely, no. But... So that's a stupid story that ate up some airtime, but hey, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to have a story every now and then. And it really says, you know, how much I enjoyed the store that I'm still willing to sing their praises after not being there for two years, three yep. years. It really does. Uh, stretch. Yeah, I don't blame you. Stretch all you need. Because <laughs> um, I sound like a box of fucking Rice Krispies. That's ah, okay. I'll edit it out. Uh, so... When the new shiny comes out, we all want it. Yes. Especially with social media now. Well, and... correction. Most of the time we all want it. Yes. As the two former Yu-Gi-Oh! players of our little trio, you gotta admit there were sometimes the new stuff would come out and it was like, do not want. Yes. I don't yes. know. When pendulum, <laughs> Pendulums was when I said, do not want. I know some people that drew the line at synchros. I knew some people that drew the line at exceeds. Do not want. And mine was when it started to turn into the entire deck was just combination. Yeah, it, when uh, when the I object of the game became one turn win, yeah. it, that that killed it for me. Uh, so for me that for me that was right around exceeds becoming dominant. Uh, although. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it the the fact that I almost died because of the game kind of contributed to it, but that's yeah, a story in and of itself. That's up to you. You you got <laughs> you got the airtime. Go ahead if you want to, or you can say nah. no. Nah, nobody needs to hear that story. It's just stupid. Patreon goal. <laughs> D 
Do you really want to hear the story? No, 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 no. We can hide it behind a paywall later. All right, fine. <laughs> no, no, no. But one, one day, one day, Patreon will know the story of how Candace almost died because of Yu-Gi-Oh. If you're comfortable sharing, when you're comfortable sharing. Otherwise, I'll record it in secret and put it behind the paywall. <laughs> no, uh, what I'm saying is it's just a dumb story. It's not anything that's interesting to listen to. We're a podcast. We're nothing but dumb stories. Uh, no, tell it later. We're, we're good. All right, good. Because we already had story time tonight. Yeah. But um, when the new set comes out, you don't want to... Nobody wants to just jump into the new set all the time. And no, then because that gets really costly, but sometimes it is so shiny, Igory, I'm looking at you, you just can't resist but buy a couple boxes. Or when that D&D 5th edition comes out, and even though I don't even play D&D right now, oh, those books are sitting on my shelf because I had to buy them. I had to. Because... It's D&D. It's D&D. You lose your uh, gamer cred. And Although, everyone's singing such great praises I got I gotta it's... turn around and say, when I first got I first got the books when they came out. Yeah. I read them. It's like, okay, this has potential. And then I, instead I found uh, a standard group of Pathfinder players. Yeah, and a so. lot of times it's mostly... It's never always going to be what you want to play. Sometimes it's just going to be what you can play because Absolutely. of who is around you. Absolutely. So, you know. So, I played Pathfinder with that same group for four, three, four years. D&D 5th sat on my shelf untouched. Not going to stay untouched forever. You mentioned, oh, I'm playing a 5th edition game. Uh-huh. Oh. Let me do some research. I'm going to go digging into this. I've got the books. I may as well read them. Oh, this has some potential. Let me do some more research. You grimy little power gamer, you. Uh, let me do some more research. And I'm not even a terrible power gamer. I found a <laughs> no, guy. No, but you like to build jank power shit. No, I like to play with the rules. And they're, 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 each individual cog is like a gear. And I like to mess with the gears and see what I can make them do. <laughs> oh, you're the crazy clock builder. And when when I do get that hook... It does turn into power gaming. I admit it. <laughs> I admit it. But I am a reformed power gamer. Which is fine. Because I will sit down at the table, and I will build to what the table is doing. Which is important, especially if you were having shit like... Power, power creep. creep. <laughs> See, here's, here's the crux of this biscuit for me. If I'm playing 3.5, if I'm playing Pathfinder... Okay. I refuse to play a wizard. All right, why? Because wizards, straight up, because they can scribe anything into their spellbook, uh -huh. are kind of overpowered. They're kind of the end-all, beat-all. So I played a wizard once for a friend, because he'd never see me take it to the extreme. Hmm. And... I never saw that side of you. I went full power gamer. I bent his campaign over backwards, fucked it like the little bitch it was, and rode out as a god. <laughs> <sighs> the other players at the table 
all got janky ass house ruled mythic level addendums and I said no I'll just play the wizard by the rule book you don't want the mythic stuff no I don't need the mythic stuff you don't want the uh, ha- dragon rider soul bonded mount thing that I'm giving everybody it's going to be a vehicle for me I'll take it but it's I'm just going to ride it around it's my pony it never even used its breath weapon because I was running a wizard. <laughs> we were trying. Show me, break the system. So we broke the system. Yeah. I've done it. I had my fun. It gets boring after a while. I'm never going to play a wizard again. Unless I'm playing with a group of overpowered power gamer munchkins and we're all going to try and break the system. And then I feel sorry for our DM. <laughs> Although, 5th edition wizards are much more balanced. They're they're not near as nasty pain in the ass. You'll find a way. The, the one, find a way. The one I'm afraid of is definitely the sore lock combination, the coffee lock. That's creepy. That's terrible. But even if I just want to be a power gamer and having fun, run a, run a warlock uh, hexblade paladin. They're both half spellcaster classes. Yep. They're both melee classes. Yep. That get to do uh that get to use charisma as their ma- primary attribute. <laughs> Gee, there's enough right there that if I just build those two, put them together, and pay half a little bit of attention to when you get your ability score bonuses. So do four paladin, four warlock, four paladin, four warlock, and don't alternate too much, so you don't miss one of those ability score increases. Uh huh. I'll keep the efficiency curve. Oh. Yeah, that keeps me right there in that top power creep without... I'm pushing at the power power gamer's table without necessarily trying too hard. And I'm bad, I know. I'm evil. Don't get me started on skill monkeys and Pathfinder because that's the one that I was playing with the most. I found a way to get 70 plus... To a to skill checks. That's enough out of you. <laughs> That's enough out of you. You know what? What? That'll be next week's topic. <laughs> yes, yes, it. Don't will. be that guy. <laughs> yes. No. So back to our creeping issue. So it's in my opinion, it's easier to manage when you have. Paper. And by paper, I mean you have cards in your hand, you have a book in your hand, you know, you have the ability to talk with the person across from you, and it's your own personal playgroup. It's easy to manage these things because, okay, if Watsy and them put out an errata for whatever, because you know, let's call it something like mm, companions. Yeah, there we go. That's something that's hot button issue. <laughs> you know, put out an errata for companions, and your group goes, but I liked how janky it was. Or maybe your group said, I don't like how janky it was. And they still think that the fix didn't fix it. You have 
a set group of people that you're playing with. I'm not talking about you have your cards in your hand and you walk into the local shop and you wave hi at the person at the desk and they continue chewing their bubble gum and playing on their phone and go and sit down with your, with randos. For lack of a better word, this is house game versus shop game. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you go into the shop, you are going to be playing by that errata, the basic rules, and all the updated because it's easier when you walk in when everyone sits down you all have the basically you're basic playing idea. at the shop you're going to assume that we're playing adventure league rules yeah. you're playing shadow run i don't remember what they called them missions shadow run missions yeah you you assume you're playing the standard most up-to-date stuff accepted rules whereas when you homebrew it you all know well, you know, we've all decided that, yes, the commonality of we're not going to blow up lands is a thing, or we're not going to let Brian build the skill monkeys, but when, you know, you got your house rules, we're not letting anyone build the jank shit, and we're just going to go by what everyone's having fun with. Yeah. You know, it... Does it have to be, oh, we're using the newest cards? You a can, few years ago, you know. people were, we were playing, they were playing a scapegoat format Yu-Gi-Oh. The only things that were legal were up to a certain set. Just because this yeah. is what was fun. Is this new card? Yeah, this new card's okay. What about these cards? No, these new cards are too jank shit. Yeah, We're exactly. trying to keep the original flavor going. Uh-huh. So... You know, when you come over to somebody's house for, you know, a D&D &D game, you can be D&D &D advanced for all you care. If you have the material and you're like, man, I love that set. Or you've got someone that it's like, you were too young to experience this at the time. So come sit your ass down with us. And, and let's talk about Thacko. Exactly. You know, whereas you're going to walk into the shop, chances are... You're not going to just walk into a random room with your, you know, bag of dice, your pencil, and go, Oh, we're playing D&D &D Advanced tonight. They're going to look at you and go, The fuck? We're playing 5E. Sit down if you want to play 5Es. Otherwise, you're going to be taking a while to find that group. It, you need to expect that. Yeah, it's you know, the truth. Pe people want to play the new Shinies either because... And this this gets back to that whole concept of talk to your friends. Yeah. Because, like, if I'm going to run 3rd edition, not 3.5, but 3rd edition D&D. Yeah. This is the era that the open game license came out. Okay. This is the era that everyone and their dog had the ability to print their own material that could be added to D&D games. That's why there's 500 and a half extra errata books for that area of D&D. That is why, if I'm running that game, the races books, Races of the Wild, Races of Stone, Races of whatever the hell they were, the class books, Tome and Blood, Sword and Fist, ba ba da ba and the weather books, uh, Stormwrath or Stormwreck or whatever it was called, those four books, and then the... 
uh, I don't even remember the name of the book now, but it was the, the book that Seven Seas or whatever. It was a really good update for fighter classes and uh, the, the, marsh- the marshals. Okay. It, it gave them. Those are the only books that are going to be legal at my third edition table. Anything else? No. Yeah. Because you can find Saiyan in an official book for 3.0. Really? Everyone printed everything because it was an open game license. As long as you put this one two-page thing at the beginning of your book, it was technically allowed to be printed. Impressive. So there was no quality control on third-party printings. So third-party printings was... Wild, wild west of d So the smart GMs just started saying, if you want to play it, bring it to me two weeks in advance. Let me go over it. If yeah. it looks like it fits my game, sure. If it doesn't, fuck off. <laughs> but, you know, again, that's the difference also between playing paper and playing online. Yeah. If you're playing online, you know... You're you, playing by their rules. You, you know, you double-click that icon on your uh, desktop there, it starts loading, and it stops for a second and says... Loading bar on the bottom. Loading, you know, updating with version 7.2.13. And you're waiting for... Updating one of 365. (laughs) Well, it looks like I'm going to put a pot of coffee on, go read the newspaper, take a crap, go have a snack, take a nap, come back, and it'll be halfway done with the uh, updates. I am so glad we live in a modern era with modern internet. (laughs) Back in the days when I played WoW before I left, you saw that updating one of ten? You're not playing WoW tonight. But you're also not shutting down your computer. No? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Because I joined during Wrath, you'd go on at about 6.30, 7 o'clock, click... Go on to the browser, hit enter game, and you'd be sitting there on the finding space for your ass on the server screen. <laughs> yes. sixteen Estimated wait time, 16 minutes. Yep. Ah, damn it. That means I'm going to be waiting about 30 minutes. I'm going to make a bowl of cereal real quick. Yep. I, I want to know how many people played any version of WoW. Where you had the loading screen of estimated time and didn't have headphones and therefore had speakers and everyone in the house, you know, would just walk by and be like, that's a beautiful music. And be like, yeah, I know. It's my video game. And they're like, why doesn't my video game have that kind of music? Because you play Tetris. Copyright infringement. (laughs) Actually, at this point, I don't think that music is actually copyrighted. It's hard to say. Like, the the Happy Jacks crew that I'm always singing praises about, they wrote an anthem for for the show, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they used a recording of the Russian National Anthem. The old Soviet Union, SSSR. Uh Uh-huh. Or USSR. Yeah, um, there's a... There is a way to know when music comes into the uh, public domain. Oh, absolutely. I think it's something like 70? No, so a national anthem. 50 or 70 years. 
So a USSR national anthem. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the background melody was being carried by a specific band, and uh-huh. that copy of the song was still under copyright. They had to remove it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, ah, that's annoying. I think he's found another recording or something, and I'm I'm not going to... Go did, on this tangent. They, they do them, but yeah. Copyright stuff is terrible. but So I would not be surprised if the Tetris music, specifically from the Game Boys, is still under copyright. See, but it's based But the song, the melody that I was just humming, is not somebody's performance. So we can get away with us singing it all we want. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's based on a An actual piece of folk, tra- folk song. I thought so. it was classical music. It's one or the other. Yeah. Still, we would be safe to to sing the Tetris music. I don't think we'd be safe to sing the Mario music. All right, that's about as much as you get, folks. Ah, <laughs> uh, but when the new stuff comes out, you don't have much of a choice. You click that icon, and it's downloading. I mean. You can stave off downloading, you know, or updating phones, but when it comes to video games, it's... You're kind of stuck. Yeah, because you update or... Lose the online ver- mode. First thing first thing you lose generally. is online. Generally, yep. And then, eventually, you start losing functionality. Yep, because it's like, oh, this... This old feature is no longer compatible, and we don't support this anymore. So, you know, E does no longer opens up your backpack. Yeah, and if you're on a console, you update your console so that you can play a new game. All of a sudden, hey, this old version of your old game, you have to update. You have no choice now, or you can't play it. And you're like, all oh, my saved material. Oh, well, they've gotten pretty good about not losing saves. No, but I'm just saying, if you don't update yeah. your game, you're like, all oh, that material. Oh. And we're back to that uh, that sump cost fallacy. The whole reason why some friends will stay in in older versions, in older games. Yeah, like if I still had my original collection of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Fuck yeah, it just... You I, and I would have a fun time with yeah, that. Yeah, we would, because I had up through... Oh, uh, what was that update? It, it it felt like the Amonkhet block from Magic. Veronic Guardian? Yes, that one. <laughs> I told you, this was my crack. It, it <laughs> was your crack, and this was also me as a uh, teenager in high school who would just randomly go to the store and buy packs of cards from Walmart, Target, and whatever store we might be in, like Burlington. Yeah. And just crack packs. Oh, you found cards and I... Oh, that's the good cardboard crack. Yep. I... Okay, here's the thing. Because when you go and you get a uh, pack of magic cards, because you can't buy them straight out of the boxes anymore at, uh, you know, ye old Walmarty. No, you can't. Well, you... You can, you, but they're in the blister pack boxes. And- which is why I'm saying you can't just buy the packs. Because this goes back to the idea of you go in through your packs, 
and you could feel a thickness difference. Mm-hmm. You could look at uh, the packs and tell the difference. And- yeah, I was, I was that kid. Put them in your hands and feel the weight difference. No, not a weight difference. Literally, I would go through a box and I could tell a thickness difference. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, this one. My mom would look at me like, what? This one. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. Shrugs, walks on. I'm in the car. You know, <laughs> you know opening up that thing like a little goblin. <laughs> chewing on the corner of the packaging. Making sure not to slobber onto the cards inside. And... You know, you get to, like, that second-to-last card, you just laugh a little bit, and she's like, what? I'm like, got it. Got what? Foil. Because that was the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh! You were not guaranteed a foil, a foil. card. That the, the regular rares were just silver-lettered. Yep. And then they and had then rares. That, and then the rares were foiled. Yeah. And then the ultra-rares were silver letter and foiled. And then you had the secret rares which had that por- parallel foiling. Yep. And that parallel lettering. And that parallel foiling weighed less. Interesting. You had people who used to take digital scales and weigh the packs. Oh yeah. I, I remember was, hearing about this. I was one of those guys that I could put the two packs in my hands and uh, this one feels lighter. This one feels lighter. This is the pack I want. Yeah, we're we're probably making uh, Target employees and Walmart employees stare at us like you. You were one of those shits I had to clean up after. No, I used to put my stuff back. I did put my stuff back, but probably just look at us like, the fuck is with this kid? I don't know, nerd. They're they're autistic. I promise it's okay. For one, we support the autistic community. It's we do. just making fun of <laughs> ourselves, nerds. Yeah. There have been times when I've been sitting alone go- going over conversations that I've had three years ago and gone, am I autistic or just have anxiety? Are nerds nerds because they act like they're on the spectrum even when they're not? That's almost a definition right there. Kind of is. That obsessive passion for the topic that you're nerding out on. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah, it doesn't bother me any. It's a great conversation, right? Hopefully. Hopefully (laughs) somebody's entertained by this. Either that or they just like it when Matt goes off on a tangent. This is true. This is why we miss him when he's not around. Yeah, because we don't have our steamboat uh, crack. Crackhead. (sighs) Rants? Yes. Yes. We miss you, Matt. We do. One day we're going to find find when you're actually going off on a steamboat cap rant. And we're going to record it and put that shit behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Because we've woken people up with our cackling from that shit. Yes. And almost given me asthma. Yes. I don't know which was more... I don't know what I was more afraid of. The angry wife coming from down the hall, madder than hell because we woke her up. Yep. Or that I'd have to administer CPR or something because you're half blue and down on the floor. Good times. You, 
You'd only be upset about the one because CPR would involve other things that you're not mad about. No, no, no. See, I'd worry about it because CPR, when done properly, might actually Cracks break ribs. ribs. And yes, it does. Then you might not be able to laugh on the podcast for three or four weeks. And what the hell am I going to do if you're uh, not able to talk and breathe for uh, a month? And Matt is, I don't want to make her laugh again. I'm going to hurt her. And then I'm sitting here by myself like, hi, folks, welcome to Stay a While and Listen, where you're going to hear me get awkward and talk about something and lose my focus and get all ashamed and self-conscious and oh my and god. And you will have 15-minute episodes, followed by silence and the weeping what comes from the corner of a room behind a chair. Yes. There's a reason why I picked good friends in a conversational format. I am not good <laughs> at scripted shows. If I try and read us a script, it's going to turn into either the either Ben Stein or the Micro Machine Man. Either turn mon uh, monotone, or I'm trying to talk as fast as I can to try and get through this because I'm worried about this and it's making me nervous. And oh my god, are you guys keeping up with this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of keeping up with, back to the power creep. <laughs> so yeah. You so, so you got your power creep in your cards because they keep printing more cards. and it, Okay, that's a conundrum within magic itself. So, for those of us who got into ma uh, Commander, I'm mm -hmm. going to say, because most of the other formats really do kind of push a more competitive style, whether they are playing competitive or just kitchen table. Yeah. They just have that feel about them. Because I had a uh, friend sit down to me, next to me the one night who has standard decks. Mm -hmm. He enjoys the standard format. I enjoy the commander format. And he sits down next to me. What's wrong with him? <laughs> teasing, I'm teasing. Old school. He's actually super, super nice. I'm teasing. I, I have no judgment I'm, against standard. I'm missing him at the shop more. Anyway, back to my story. He sits down next to me, and because well, we had just traded a couple of cards, because, you know, the fact that you can still use the same yeah. cards in both formats, you know, ah, yeah, we can still all trade and be friends, sits down next to me, and I'm going through my dragon deck and sifting and trying to figure out how to make it better, because I keep sitting at the table staring at other people combo out before I get to even play one dragon sits down next to me and goes, I'm going to show you something as I look at him like, I don't understand your format. But he's like, okay, well, I'm going to mock play this game for you. And on his mock turn three, he had three different ways of winning on turn three. Mm -hmm. Of which I go, and this is the for fun deck. Well, that's just like talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Eventually became... Feels... Yeah, too push. There, there, became, there became a time in Yu-Gi-Oh! where it wasn't who could one turn win. It was who could one turn win the fastest. Everyone had a one turn win. If your deck didn't have two or three one turn win conditions, you were a scrub. I remember when the ultimate win, win in Yu-Gi-Oh! took a fucking long time to do, and it was called Exodia. Yeah. Or, you know, I remember when my win condition was 
if I can pump my uh, blue eyes up to 5,000 attack points. That's a win con. You're not going to be able to beat over it because I've got four or five counter traps to keep your magic from hurting my blue eyes. I remember when my win con was wait just long enough for the person to do their uh, special summons, change of heart it, bring it over to me, swing at them with it, and then sacrifice it for my bigger monster. Yeah. This was fun. This is the interaction was, that I missed in the game. This was the jank that pissed off your opponent and you went, try me. This was the game that I loved. That's what I even miss. That's what I miss when I talk about magic is it really doesn't feel like it's swinging back and forth as much. Yeah. For me, even Commander, it really does feel like somebody pulls ahead and then it's really hard to catch up. And that's why there are, it is so well accepted in Commander to know that at some point, somebody got a board wipe. Maybe there might be two or three board wipes. I played one game where there were three board wipes, sir. Three of them. And that's one of the gears that I've had the most trouble adapting to. But here's the thing. Board wipe of creatures. You can board wipe of enchants or artifacts. Leave the lands the fuck alone. But that was one of the things I had trouble to with. Remember I commented that I used to play with that six-man pod of, like, magic gathering before yeah. Commander where we were playing? Yeah. You have four copies in the deck, and it was just... I ran a hundred-card deck in a 60-card format because I wanted... We didn't have a limit on your deck size. Yeah. Didn't have the limit of numbers per card. Didn't have the color identity thing. But I ran a green elf deck with four heedless ones in it. That was a hundred cards because it was 40... Uh, Lands and 60 cards, because that was easier to do me the math on. Yeah. We would play that. Nobody played board wipes in that group. Because board wipes killed the fun. And this is Onslaught era, so Lord knows the jank level isn't quite as high as it was. Isn't as high as it is now. It was lower then. Yeah, which is part of the way that which is what happens with cards it's a power creep thing so mentally it's for me i try and mentally avoid a board wipe i don't want to kill the board because then you're not doing your fun well i'm having to learn about that differently (laughs) (laughs) because the computer don't give a shit about your board wipe oh when i'm practicing on forge forge fucking cheats (laughs) i I was forge uh, randomly builds decks off of a commander when you're trying to just do playtests. And I'm trying to playtest that Calamax deck I'm working on. Yeah. Because, yeah. Instant doubling and playing a burn style. This is just... Of which I am secretly every soft and... I do this weird thing. I don't go on to, you know, EDH rec all the time. Sometimes I'm just like, hmm. I wonder what some of the zero zero uh you know, power toughness cards are that exist in Met. Magic. A lot of them are hydras. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are black. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just go sifting through those and you're looking and, you know, you get your XX values, your star star values, your zero zero values. And I just randomly find shit and go, <laughs> screenshot this and this. So I'm working on that deck and I'm playing against the computer and I'm playing against a white deck. Or I'm playing against a mono-green deck, a blue-white deck, and a red-black deck. Yeah. Because I figured this is three different feels. Yeah. Okay. The white-blue deck threw three different land wipes. Yeah. Armageddon and some other. Yep. 
Because white blue does land wipe the best. I, I, I argue that red does the best land wipe. Land destruction. Red does the best artifact destruction. Damn, Skippy, it does. White has the signature land destruction card, Armageddon. <laughs> but red has many. In our thousand card playoff, yeah. I had so many cards in there that I'm like, I'm not playing that, I'm not playing that, I'm not playing that, I'm not playing that. Because they were all uh, Innistrad era cards of land destruction or something. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're playing standard and Yeah, this whatnot, is true. And you are really, really just going for the throat, that's fine. Yes, it's but, different. But those are, you know, 15, 20 minute games, if that. Whereas a commander game is, all right, shuffle up, sit down, get your snack, get your drink. We're playing for 45 minutes. The minute that you land wipe, you just you reset that timer have doubled the length of this game to now possibly even longer. Because now, the good chunk of my lands that, you know, I even went and searched up for because I'm playing green and I'm playing ramp, now they're all in my graveyard. And I'm not playing a graveyard deck. Thanks for that, and buddy. And the worst of it all is you had, you know, 15 lands on the board and you know you only got around 30 lands in your deck. And you know that you haven't pulled fifty cards out of your uh, deck. Yeah. And you're sitting there staring at that stack of cards. This is going to be done. And, and your eye starts to twitch, and you look at that blue player, and you go, "Why?" This was supposed to be casual night. At which point, you're just about ready to not table flip because. Your cards are on the table, too. But take their mat. Scoop. <laughs> Scoop and then table flip. <laughs> uh, seriously, do not table flip. You got got to respect the other people at your table. Yeah. Don't table flip. Just pick up your stuff, put it in your bag. And remember, your bag is now filled with really too many little pieces of paper. When you add all that up, they weigh a ton. So, you put your bag on, and then right before you leave, oh, hey, George, I'm taking off. And you turn to wave goodbye to your friend, and you let that backpack just hit him right in the back. <laughs> uh, actually, one of the best containers for carrying cards are those, um, the black and yellow DeWalt, like, screws and bolts kind of containers. Those things are fucking amazing for cards and decks. Man, I used to have one of the Ultra Pro deck caddies. And they're like 15, 20 bucks at uh, Home Depot. I used to have one of the Ultra Pro deck caddies. You know, like yeah. that plastic one like that? Yeah. It held four rows of four of them. Oof. And then up on top of the lid was three rows of could hold three stacks deep or, or four stack deep of the cards oh, across yeah. the lines. I loved that case. I almost we I almost want to buy another one of those cases to pl to carry commander around in except that you know we're running with these bigger commander deck boxes. Yes. Don't know if you heard me shaking that on the mic. Shaka shaka shaka. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Reinforce that you shook some uh cards there. Ah, <sighs> uh, where was this conversation going again? You don't have to play the new shiny when you're playing <laughs> physical in the flesh. You do have to play the new shiny when you're playing online. 
or the proper way to deal with it, it in shop. The proper way to deal with it is to have a polite conversation among adults because we're adults. Don't shit on somebody else's Cheerios. Yeah. Um. I think that was it. Now we can bullshit all we want. <laughs> uh, the core of this, the core of this, is going to go back to what's has turned into our rule zero. Before you're playing with your friends, have an adult conversation. What do you want out of the game? Yep. Hey, it's the Candace. session zero of rules. Hey, Candace, I want to play Commander, but I really don't want the jank shit. I just want to see if we what we can do with building strong monsters and fighting them back and forth. Alright, it's going to take a minute to build because those cards are going to take research. I'm going to have to spend money on it because I can guarantee I don't have the strongest things, but... We'll do it in about a month. We'll play a game of monsters, uh, King of the Monsters. Oh, fuck yeah. Commander Rampage. Seriously, no. Right now, with Aquaria being out, you call it King of the Monsters. No, the video game, Rampage! I know Rampage, but Godzilla, King of Monsters? Yeah, and God, you basically <laughs> had Godzilla in Rampage. It was just non-flavored Godzilla. No, that was Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie, Rampage. Lizzie was a naked girl on the arcade machine. Lizzie was a naked girl on the Nintendo. I know all about Lizzie. It was hilarious when you... Playing as the second second player and person playing Lizzie gets knocked out, so they turn into a person. So you eat them before they get the chance to grow back. Lord, brothers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Can you avoid the creep at your table? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. With a conversation between adults. Yes. Is creep always bad? No, not it's what in keeps my you opinion. interested. It's what keeps us coming back. I'm getting bored with. Ooh. Oh, look at that! Oh, mm. yeah, it... yeah. Cat calling cards. Cat call. Damn, Skippy! Ah, that, that, that new edition of uh, Shadowrun. That's both heart garbage and amazing. And you know what's great about that? New edition of Shadowrun means they're going to have new support books. And ooh, new support books means I'm going to have to... Ooh. Ooh. When you see that new post online from your game store of the uh, new release rack, and you're like, oh... Oh, they came out with a new board game, and it's Cthulhu-flavored, and it comes with minis. Oh, oh I probably don't get paid until next Friday, and I need to make a car payment. That <sighs> hurts so good. Hey, 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 Fat Ogre, put that aside for me. I'll be back in two weeks for it. <laughs> I'll have you a copy in by two weeks, your name on it. Yeah, it's like, can, can I can I just put payments on that? Like, you know, every week is ten. This was, <laughs> this was my favorite thing, you know. Uh, the Fat Ogre's mo- the reason I got into Sentinels. Uh, I'll take this one and this one and this one and these two expansions. No, I'll take the core book and the two expansions that they were in the discount, in the display counter. The uh, Ambuscade and uh, Unity. Hey, man, uh, don't get Rook City. They're re-releasing Rook City and comboing it with the 
I can't remember what the the next one was. The relics. It had Night Mist in it. It was the magic set. My husband is the one that was know, big on that game, so... I know, I know. You're I'm, barking up the wrong tree. I can't remember what it was, but they're, they're re-releasing that as a combo thing. It'll cost you about five bucks less to just get them in one instead of buying the two different expansions. Sweet. Order me one. You got it. Yeah. Be here in two weeks. Cardboard heroin. Yep. Uh... Let's see. Ah, well, the other thing is, you know, you, your game still functions without the expansions. If we wanted to, right now, we could stop buying any more D&D books. Correct. We could stop buying magic cards. Correct. We could stop buying... Any of the new rule sets for 40k, Warhammer, War Machine, Hordes, fill in your physical game. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon! DBZ! You can go on eBay and you can buy the old, like, what you got holding in your hand right there, sir. Powers and Perils from the Avalon Hill Game Company, published in 1983. There are no expansions to this. There are five little, um... Pamphlets they almost kind of look like? They're like booklets. They look like work booklets there from, like, go. elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the illustrations in them are cool. glorious. They're so gloriously old, and the rules are so terribly, terribly mathematically off. <laughs> we can play this. Yes, we can. Not right now, because I need to learn these damn rules first so I can run it. Thank you, dog. We appreciate your con- contribution to this podcast. Murf, 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 murf. But we can run this. Aside from the rules being old, broken 1983 rules, it's a functioning game. Yes. It is. But that's what I'm getting at. Like, your paper versions of these games... They don't go anywhere. No, they don't. Like, you can go... Well, my old copy was ripped up, so I ordered a new one. Stupid dog. But if you can find it... If you you still have it, you got it. You can run it without having any alterations. It's not like uh, Mike Merles comes in and Sharpie's... New errata on every D&D book. Yeah. You know. Get off my land, Merles. Whereas, if you want to play a uh, video game of whatever that still exists, you know, and I'm not talking about your old Nintendo cartridge, because those didn't have erratas. Those didn't have updates. That was a cartridge. It was a game all in itself. It's going to be the exact same fucking programming it was that the day you bought it. But with the modern era of online games, that kind of has gone away a bit. Like even even the fact that I went and I bought, you know, my tiny little thumbnail-sized video game of Breath of the Wild. I plug it in. I can play Breath of the Wild, Mm -hmm. but. I also might feel like I'm kind of missing out because I don't haven't purchased 
the expansion to Breath of the Wild yet. And now they've announced, they're looking at rumors of Breath of the Wild 2. God damn it, let me finish my game, woman. <laughs> you know, uh, but everything that comes out digital now, even if it's a cartridge or a CD or however you purchase your electronic games. Looking at you, Steam. Yeah. Looking at you, PlayStation Network. Electronic crack. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have updates on that shit. You can't just necessarily go and be like, well, no, I'm going to go to the version before the update happened, and I'm going to... You can't do that. You can't push back the electronic clock on these games, because those aren't supported anymore. A prime example is the game that I got back into because of the last podcast we recorded. I played some No Man's Sky. Yeah. I had to start that game over because, honestly, my character's from before the updates and my shit's all broke and I can't remember what I'm doing and I don't know how to find the shit anymore. You you went back on and your shit was mostly fixed now, but you can't remember the controls. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember where to find the mats I need to make the fuels. <laughs> so I started over, but I left my save sitting back there so I can go home. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Yeah, but you know, you look at these things and you go, and I love the way it played before. You know. They added bees to Minecraft before there was, you know, the drowned. You kind of can, but then you start getting into stuff like WoW Classic. Oh, even worse. You make your own servers. You're talking about private server WoW. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those, then, those then Uber you, nerds. Uh, then you start getting into the wild west of Uber nerds, exactly. Those Uber nerds that program their own server code and put that online and were willing to let strange people log into their servers. Ah, that's a lot of work. At least it was back in 2002. I mean, you can still find some of them. You can find old legacy Minecraft servers, but... Because of the updates and shit, they're so glitched out. They're no longer the same game. A legacy version of Minecraft is its own beast. It's not the original Minecraft. It's not the new Minecraft. It's something, something else. else. It's like something out of Lego meets Cthulhu horror. It's one of the... Old ones from beyond space. Coming up to eat your soul. <laughs> it's like, God, I, I can see the bedrock from here. The clipping, the clipping. I looked behind the veil with the clipping. And now, the madness has gotten hold. <laughs> Do not go to the mountains of madness. You will find things there. You will go below the surface and you will not like the things that you find. 
Quick, quick, walk up to the corner of the wall. Turn your head 30 degrees. See if you clip through. If you can see the room behind the sprite. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking digital, now we're talking crazy people. (laughs) (sighs) We're going to, there's going to be a very entertaining episode to edit and a very entertaining episode to listen. I stand by this. The only question is, which will get cut for time? The uh, Call of Cthulhu ramblings or the Brian spilling his water bottle? (laughs) There is a competition there? (laughs) I really doubt it. I really doubt it. What reality have I clipped into? There's a glitch in the Matrix. There is. The fact that there's a new space-time theory where a future, past, and present all exist at the same time. I'm talking to O'Brien who doesn't know what's amusing right now. He's from the past, folks. I'm really sorry about this. I just, just give me five seconds and I think I can reach through the fireplace and grab the one that really matters back. Because since obviously we're not in Wonderland, I can't just go out back and find the hole beneath the tree that the rabbit fell down. I just need to go and find his ass for whatever he crawled up. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think Cthulhu was a great addition and we'll leave that in, in right. for certain. Ah. <laughs> uh. But, speaking of time, I think we've done good enough to cover up the mistakes from earlier that I won't be covering. I'll be removing the mistakes, but we're not going to cover up their existence because they led to at least a funny gag. They did, and you have plenty of dog knocks to uh, deal with. No shit. (laughs) Mouse says hello and that he's healthy. (sighs) And that he's trying to take a nap, but evidently needed to readjust his pillows. I think it was that we were talking too loud. Our podcast was disturbing his nap. Obviously. Uh, We're going to go ahead and leave on the note that, like everything else, conversation. Yeah. Um, We're going to talk next week about your fun versus the table's fun. But it's my fun, Brian. We're going to talk about don't be that... Guy, that bitch, that asshole, that prick. That feel in expletive here. So, uh, next week that uh, expletive warning is there for a reason. Not that it's not always there, but next week it's there for a reason. And next week Matt should be back. Yeah. And, and screaming at the microphone and his shenanigans and trying to make it so that I can't breathe for five minutes straight. Which is always amusing, so it works out for everybody. Yeah, but I need those brain cells, damn it. I worked at the same company you worked for. You don't need those brain cells, I swear. It's okay. You'll be alright. I never said I needed them for work. You're right, but I don't need you that smart when you're going up against my challenges as a GM. No, I... am trying to bring you down to the average group level. No, 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 no. I need those for trying to beat Matt and my husband at magic. Leave those alone. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, the music was Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's Faster Does It in Dark Sea Land. And for the most part... (laughs) Bye, everyone. Neener, neener, neener.